Lizzie is feeling like a hundred bucks, probably like a million. Honestly, I was like a hundred with inflation. <laughs> with inflation in this economy. Christina, Christina, Christina. Mo money, mo mess, mo problems. How are you doing this evening? I am trying to reclaim my joy. <laughs> reclaim my joy. Yes. Because I was so joyful the first time we recorded this. We had some technical difficulties this afternoon. And by technical difficulties, I mean we got 40 minutes into recording this podcast before we realized that my mic wasn't working the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god and uh, then um you know i don't want people to know that there's like a beep in my apartment but we found a little beep in my apartment and uh it was pretty shocking yeah lots going on but we're here we're gonna have a good time we're gonna talk about this fucking amazing movie that we were so excited to we talk were about so excited and now <laughs> the devil has just fucking dust turned me to dust in the ground he's like go back to where you came from oh no i'm just kidding we're gonna do it and we're gonna have a good time because how could you not on this episode i agree i agree but before we get into it we have some reviews that we get to talk about today you go first christina this review comes from singapore from my very good friend nicole good friend of the pod we love her so much yeah um i thought a lot about what song i wanted to give nicole because she is one of my very best friends and originally i was thinking about some one direction because we were huge one direction fans in high school but i wanted to stick with something a little more 2000 so i decided to go for an it boy of the time jesse mccartney hell yeah so nicole i think that the song that would play in the movie montage of your life would be Beautiful Soul by Jesse McCartney because you are a beautiful soul and it's a great song and I can totally see you doing your thing as Mr. Jesse is just singing in the background. That's so awesome. I love that. We have another review as well. It is by Tabby and Mike from Your New Best Friends Pod. I had the pleasure of listening to their podcast and it's really cool. It's very chill. It feels like you're really hanging out with your friends. Like as I was listening, I kept feeling like I um, am the same way with my friend Charlie and I. If we had a podcast together, it would be very, very similar. They kind of like have these conversations where each of them has a side and they kind of just mm. like argue it out, but not really in an obnoxious way. It's like more of like a fun, like, I want to listen type of way. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah, it's like a really good time. I think I would want to give them an upbeat classic, something that was just like very fun to listen to. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Benny and the Jets. Oh, such a good song. Yes. I'm thinking specifically of um, In 27 Dresses when Katherine Heigl and, forget his name, but very hot man. James Marsden. Hell yeah. Are yeah. like singing at this bar and they're just like into it. I love it. Thank you so much for the reviews, you guys. We really appreciate it. If you would like us to give you a song that would play in the 2000s movie montage about your life, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we will shout you out in the next episode. Hell yeah. All right. Should we talk about today's movie? Oh, yeah. I think we should. As I was watching this movie and even before, really, I, I kept thinking like this specific actress like her character really defined my adolescence like totally the most I would say influential part of my adolescence was the influence from this character mm -hmm. an icon 
Yes. Today, we will be reviewing the most influential movie of the early 2000s, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, applause, applause, applause. An amazing movie. Oh my god. It's insane how every time I can watch this movie, it can be for a different reason. Sometimes I want to watch it Mm. for the romance. Sometimes I want to watch it for the um, emerging confidence of a strong, powerful, intelligent young lady. Sometimes I want to watch it because I miss, like, traveling abroad and I just want to see Rome. And there are gorgeous shots of Rome and, like, the culture and the, like, beauty of tourism. Well, not the beauty of tourism, but just, like, the beauty of traveling. Yeah. You could be sad. It'll cheer you up. You're happy. You're even happier. You want to sing? Sing along. Like, you can do anything and watch this movie. It is so versatile. Did you want to have a baby? You can watch this movie and you won't feel pain when you give birth. Yeah. If I had children, I would definitely put this movie on to give birth to, honestly. Who needs an epidural when you have the Lizzie McGuire movie? (laughs) Exactly. I think it's really just Lizzie McGuire as a character in television. I think to this day is quite unparalleled because it was like a very raw retelling of like a female's adolescence. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that is like exclusionary of anyone who's like non-binary or trans or gender non-conforming because I'm speaking just purely of the feminine experience, whether you have a period or not, whether you're growing breasts Mm -hmm. or not, like you exist in this idea of femininity or of like this womanhood or like you want to be in that like mode of like expression gender wise and like I feel like she just went through everything before I did it and so Mm -hmm. I felt like when I was going through things like I wasn't alone yeah and then like the movie as an extension of that it maintained all of like the amazing like lessons and the insecurities and like all these experiences that we have but also added with like the fantastical element of it being in Italy and there being like a beautiful teenage pop star that is like into you and you get to perform at the Coliseum. So it's just like the best of both worlds, honestly. Yeah. This movie has one of the best casts that I've ever seen, which is crazy considering so many of them never acted again after this movie. I know. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how you can be so high one day and the next day you can just be like completely at rock bottom? Hollywood, she's a cruel mistress, you guys. (laughs) So many people's careers died after Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) After Lizzie McGuire ended, Adam Lambert worked at the Irish Arts Center in Manhattan before the reboot. He was just a regular guy before the reboot. Yeah, we probably saw him in bars like many a time and didn't even realize. Yeah, Christina probably hit on him at a bar. He looks exactly like her type. Yeah, it's extremely (laughs) possible. I definitely had a huge crush on Gordo when I was a kid, and I will maintain until I die that Adam Lamberg really did walk so that Timothy Chalamet could run. He laid that groundwork for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think that I would have loved to see Lilane in this movie. Yeah. Miranda, what happened? Where'd you go? We missed you. Well, she went to go and have a music career, but, like, it didn't really pan out, so. Yeah. Yeah. The actress who played Kate, she hasn't been in anything since. I don't know if she, like, quit acting, if she, like, I don't know what her life is like now. But all I know is watching Lizzie McGuire growing up, uh, it was my jam. It was, like, very important to me. It Mm -hmm. felt like 
she was an ingenue that didn't need to be overtly like confident or dramatic or like just like you know extra exaggerated it felt like she was just another middle school gal totally I think um, I think we're ready to just hit the ground running, Christina. Yeah. Hop on a Vespa and just speed right into it. Hell yeah. So opening of the movie, we hear this like menacing secret agent, like spy music. We see this like surveillance device being assembled. It's a camcorder with a cassette in it that's labeled blackmail. Boom, boom. Title sequence. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Turns out it is Matt being a little brat, he has attached a video camera to this toy car so that he can, like, spy on Lizzie, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he crashes it into her door, and she opens the room to, like, yell at him to leave her alone. And as her door is open, he drives the car in there. So Lizzie shuts her door, and The Tide is High, the cover by Atomic Kitten starts playing. Flawless. Incredible. Yeah. Perfect choice. Show-stopping. Iconic. Incredible. Lizzie is trying on a bunch of different outfits. She's dancing. She's singing into her hairbrush. She's like living her best life. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed, I was like, this is kind of weird that Matt is like inadvertently watching his sister get changed in the process of trying to get embarrassing footage of her. Ding, ding, ding. Dancing in her room. Yeah. Like, ooh, maybe that's something you need to unpack in a little bit of therapy, Matt. Ooh, agreed, agreed. And so she's like dancing around. She's wearing these like ridiculously tall platform shoes. And then she trips on her bath mat and like falls into her bathtub, taking the shower curtain down with her. Yes, a testament to her vulnerability, honestly, to her Mm. groundedness, to her down-to-earth demeanor. After she's done getting ready, it really just cuts to junior high graduation. Lizzie is there with her parents. Her mom, Joe, is talking about how fast Lizzie is growing up and that she's going to Rome for two weeks without her and she's going to miss her. She's like, yesterday you were in diapers. And I feel like in any other movie, this would sound really corny, but the relationship between them is very genuine and it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. forced. So this like very sweet moment between mother and daughter, I just think it's beautiful. Um, Lizzie is really nervous about getting through this graduation. She's just a little bit of a self-conscious gal. So for her being even on stage for a moment is like quite nerve-wracking. Her dad recites this 12th night quote that's like some are born into greatness, some achieve greatness, some have greatness thrust upon them. It's just like a sweet gesture by her father. Mm. After that, Lizzie meets up with Gordo, and we find out in a really throwaway comment that Miranda is, like, in Mexico City. They're just like, oh, where's Miranda? Mexico's... Oh, doesn't it suck? Miranda's not here. Where is she? Mexico City. It's so blasé. They're like, anyways, back to more important things. And you're like... Miranda, no. Okay, cool. Yeah. But since everyone's getting introduced at the scene of the movie, Kate walks up and, of course, is a little piece of shit and, like, unzips Lizzie's gown. And she's like, Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. And honestly, in her little internal monologue, she's like, I may be an outfit repeater, but you are an outfit rememberer. And that's even worse. And I'm like, you're right, girl. That is worse. Yeah. Fuck a fake friend. Yeah. Petty, petty, petty. Petty, petty. Peter Pettingrew. (laughs) 
So then Mr. Escobar calls Lizzie over because their class president, Margaret Chan, apparently either has Ebola or a cold. So Lizzie has to make a speech in her place since she's the treasurer and next in line, I guess. So Lizzie is absolutely freaking out. And Mr. Escobar is like, just make it good. Okay, bye. And Lizzie gets up to do her speech. She is hardcore flailing. She's just like grasping at straws. It's honestly really unfair that they asked her to just go up there with absolutely nothing prepared. Like yeah. make a teacher speak or just don't do anything at all. I don't know. Yeah, don't even give her Margaret Chan's notes. It's wow. Yeah, nothing. So Lizzie is sweating bullets, so she decides to go and get some water and in the process, like, trips on these balloons on stage and ends up falling and pulling this massive curtain down that is surrounding all of the students and it, like, falls on everybody. Nightmare fuel. The next shot is of Lizzie rushing through the airport with her family and she's like, I have to get out of the fucking country. I am embarrassed to my core. Um, let's just get over here. Like I need to jet out. jet away. I need to jet away. <laughs> Got a blast. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Uh, apparently her little brother Matt sent the footage of her screwing over her graduation to Good Morning America. He was like, to Diane Sawyer. <laughs> like Google. To the desk of yeah. Diane Sawyer. <laughs> Google the GMA headquarters. Um, enter Miss Ungermeyer, and she's the high school principal played by Alex Borstein. And if you stay on her good side, they say, you'll get into an ivy. However, if you're on her bad side, you end up as a janitor. I support janitors, but this seems like uh, not being a janitor by choice. Yeah. So the helicopter parents are, like, bugging Ungermeyer about all of their children's needs. So she turns on her, like, portable loudspeaker that she has on her hip, like a fanny pack, <laughs> and she tells everyone to shut their pie holes. And she says, Now, when these back-talking miscreants return to you, they will have dipped their toes in a lake of culture before assuming their destiny folding shirts at the outlet mall. And I'm like, damn, Ungermeyer is so classist. I hate to see it. I really do. So Gordo then goes up to Ungermeyer to kind of like schmooze her, get into her good graces so he can get into an ivy. Mm -hmm. And she clocks him immediately. She calls him a sneaky brown noser with a hidden agenda. Brutal. Yeah, Gordo is shocked. Brown noser? Dude, brown noser is like your nose has been in the butthole. Graphic. Graphic. <laughs> yeah, she really has a way with words because as she walks away, <laughs> she says, she like, yeah, I had to write this down because I was just so taken aback by her line. saying it. She says, I want that junk in a trunk with a seat looking neat. Oof. Miss Ungermeyer spitting bars. Lizzie gets ready to depart from her parents and go, you know, to the boarding area of the airport. And Lizzie's mom gets a little emotional saying goodbye. She doesn't want to let go of her daughter and end their hug. But eventually she lets go and Lizzie starts to walk away. As she's walking away, she has one last turn and Joe does one last turn and they tearfully hug again. And it's just incredibly sweet. Like I, on God, none of this looks corny. I just think she has mm -hmm. amazing parents who care about her in a very genuine fashion. And if we can't want that, I don't know what we can't want. Yeah, they really care about her and her life and they're super supportive and just like always there for her. It's really lovely to see. Yeah. 
As she's about to board the plane, she meets up, you know, with the other classmates. And Ethan Kraft shows up. He is stoked. Uh, Ethan Kraft. Just a handsome man. He puts his arm around Gordo and his other arm around Lizzie. And he's like, I am so excited to go to the land that invented spaghetti. I understand. Yes. Lizzie is talking about how relieved she is that all the popular kids went on the water park graduation trip instead. And on cue, Kate strolls up with her dumb little boarding pass in hand and she's like, how many Lizzie's does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know, but it only takes one to screw up a graduation. How many times did you rehearse that in the mirror, yeah. Kate? How many times, Kate? Did you write that mm-hmm. down in your fucking diary and then memorize it and then rehearse <laughs> it in a mirror? Get fucked, Kate. Get fucked, Kate. So they get on the plane. It is Lufthansa Airlines. We love it. We We love love a good deal. We love a good budget. We love a trip on a discount. (laughs) Yes. Can't complain. So Lizzie and Gordo are sitting together and they're just like joking around, laughing, taking Uh, pictures of each other, just like having a grand old time being, you know, secretly in love with each other. Yeah. They end up falling asleep and Gordo wakes up to find Lizzie sleeping on his shoulder and he smiles, you know, because he's in love with her and then lays his head on top of hers. And I'm just like, wow, Lizzie and Gordo really taught me what love is as a young child. Yeah, except I had to date just like asshole after asshole, after asshole, after asshole. I mean, same. Yeah. I also. <laughs> done, I was like, that. I was like, huh, that looks good. What if I like never aspire to that and also went out of my way to explicitly date people who did not adhere to that? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But if I just really foster this love I have for unattainable men? Yeah. What if I, I do that? What if I view it and I understand it and I say, no, I go against the grain. <laughs> I do this the easy way or the hard way. I will take the hard way. Please and thank you. Imagine having a respect for yourself when you begin dating. Like when you just you start out and you're like, I respect myself. I don't understand um, that concept. <laughs> Suddenly I can't read. Um, so anyways, they're, they're in Aroma. They land in Aroma. And they hop onto a bus <laughs> to the hotel. And I am like, damn, Rome is so gorgeous. Just absolutely beautiful. Maybe the most beautiful mix of history and culture. And just viewing, even on television, the historic architecture is inspiring. It makes me, like, jaw drop. It's just one of the oldest cities in existence. And how can you not find mm. that absolutely gorgeous? Yeah, totally. I was watching it and I was just like, wow, I miss traveling so much. As soon as it's safe, I need to get the frick out of North America as soon as possible. Because it's just Uh, horrendous. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing that I realized is that I also went to Rome in 2003. Yeah, you did. The year that this movie came out. Me and Lizzie, we were both there in the summer of 2003. With a hot little Um, side pony. Oh, yeah. There's a picture uh, on the Instagram of me and, you know, Lizzie at the Trevi Fountain the same year. So please go check that out and see my my great style choices and beautiful side pony. Yes. So they get to the hotel. It's the Hotel Cambini. It is so nice. It's so nice. I've never (laughs) fucking stayed at a hotel that nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. So Ungermeyer tells the kids, like, not to get any ideas about pulling a fast one on her because the assistant manager, Giorgio, was a commander in the Italian Navy. Wait, what was his name? Giorgio. (laughs) Thank you. Giorgio. (laughs) We either do this or we don't do it at all. (laughs) 
We will do the accents. We will do it consistently. And we apologize in advance. So Giorgio was a commander in the Italian Navy and will be helping to make sure that nobody leaves the hotel. And she's like, tell him, Giorgio. And he's like, yes, we serve the cookies at five. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. This was before the fucking writer's room existed, yo. Like before <laughs> the idea of like, I need to be like a white on a TV show. People were just like, I got hired. Like, let me write. And there's not like all this like influence and like fucking internet culture that completely taints someone's sensibilities and understanding of like human dialogue. Okay. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> Miss Ungermeyer is assigning rooms. She's like Ethan Gordo, roomies. And Lizzie, since Margaret Chan is sick, you are rooming with Kate. And I am like, I'll fucking give me give me Margaret Chan's address. Give me her address. <laughs> no, I just want to talk. I just want to talk to her about why she's screwing Lizzie over at the graduation on her Rome adventure. Margaret Chan, mm-hmm. dog, we're enemies. So Kate explains in their room as she's unpacking that um, she understands Lizzie wants to put middle school behind her and all the embarrassing mishaps, but she doesn't think it's possible for her. And I just want to say this is what happens when you don't eat carbs. You're a bitch to people. Just depriving yourself of joy, so you gotta take it out on others. Mm -hmm. Classic projection techniques. So Gordo then pulls Lizzie aside and he's like, I have to show you something and brings her up to the roof that has this like beautiful little balcony overlooking the city and they watch the sunrise together. Yeah, it's like steamy. You're so in love. (laughs) And Lizzie asks Gordo to promise her that while they're here, they will find adventure. And he's like, yeah, I'm down for adventure. And I'm like, wow, can't wait for your wedding. Yes. <laughs> the next day, they travel as a group to the Trevi Fountain. That's like their first site. And Miss Ungermeyer talks about the Trevi Fountain and some facts and history. And she says that suckers will toss a coin in and make a wish. And she's like, yeah. But Lizzie, being the optimist and kind-hearted woman she is, decides, you know what? I'm Fuck that noise. I'm going to make a wish anyway. So she tosses in her coin over her shoulder and opens her eyes Right there in front of her is Paolo, an Italian dream boatine, wearing clear blue sunglasses. He says, Isabella. Isabella. Paolo says Lizzie looks just like a friend of his, but his bodyguard, Sergei, or probably Sergei, comes up to escort him to his photo shoot, and Gordo and Lizzie catch up with the school group. So Miss Ungermeyer takes them all for gelato, which she tells everyone she has a deep, deep love for. I feel similarly. I understand. 100%. So Paolo, sorry, Paolo catches up to her and tries to talk to her. And then these Italian teens are like, oh, my God, Paolo and Isabella and start like taking pictures with them and like fangirling. This old woman walks up and she kisses Paolo and then gives Lizzie a gigantic, cannot stress enough how huge this thing is, gigantic wheel of cheese. If it were real, she could not carry the wheel it is no. huge. Yeah. And you know what? A dream. Can you imagine your first day in Rome? A kind old Italian woman hands you a giant wheel of cheese. Yes. It's like, have you seen the video? Oh, I, th- I don't know if you went there or if the other Christian went there. It's like Rosalette. Ricklet. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and then they have the hot wheel of cheese and they just like, whoosh. Yeah. And they put that on your pasta. 
I went there. Um, oh my god! On graduation day, that was my like graduation meal. Yeah, with my family. Did you get the 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 cheese wheel slider slidey hot cheese sliding off I the did. wheel? I did. I got <laughs> um, the truffle flavored <sighs> cheese wheel. What kind of cheese is it? I think that's the name of the cheese, raclette. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Dude, I saw so many, like, boomerangs, so many Instagram videos, Mm -hmm. like, the year of our graduation. It was just, like, people are like, the more cheese, the merrier. Yeah. So Lizzie is very confused, obviously, by this cheese and these fans Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Isabella. So she looks up and she sees this gigantic billboard with Paolo and Isabella's face on it. It turns out that they are like a famous teen pop musical duo. And they're like, oh my God, like, except for your hair, you could totally be her twin because Isabella is a brunette. Yeah. And Paolo wants to see her again tomorrow. He says some people, when they come to Roma, they are looking for an adventure. And Lizzie's like, I'm here with my school, but it's okay. <laughs> I got some cool cheese. LOL. And Paolo is like, if you change your mind, they'll be at the fountain tomorrow at the 9 a.m. And Miss Ungermeyer comes out for a head check, sees Paolo, sees Paolo, and asks who he is. And he's pretty scared of her, as are most people in this film. But before mm-hmm. leaving, he says, I, I honestly don't remember how to say it. Ce vediamo. Yes. We will see each other. So cute. Stuff is happening. <laughs> it's all happening. So that night, Lizzie, on her 2003 Walkman, um, is listening to Paolo and Isabella's CD. And she's like, you know, this CD isn't so bad. I mean, if you're into the Alanis Morissette alternative, I never go out in the sunshine and my life is a miserable black hole of depression kind of thing, then you'd think they stink. But if you just want to enjoy life and have a good time, then yeah, they're pretty good. As Lizzie leans over to Gordo while they're talking about the CD, he says under his breath, you use scented soap. And she's like, pardon? And he's like, hey, never mind, because that comment is weird. (laughs) And you shouldn't say that out loud. You just keep it to yourself. You know, you say really stupid shit when you like people. Like, if I look through the old things that I have texted to boys that I used to like, I'm just like... Oh, I would want to kill myself. I want to fly directly into the sun and never look back. Jesus Christ. You're my soulmate. Oh, my God. I really like you. I really... I'm scared. I'm scared, (laughs) but I like you. Okay. So, Lizzie is like, Paolo wants to see me... She's not telling yet. Wants to see me tomorrow. (laughs) But she's like, I can't sneak out. I am not good at sneaking. And Gordo really wants to be there for her. He's like, we made this promise about going on adventure while we're here. And you know what? We'll have the next adventure together. But you need to go on this one. And then he feels her forehead um, with his hand. And he's like, hmm, are you feeling okay? I'm like, Gordo, you smart little cookie. Figuring it out. Straight A students paying off. Yeah. So the next morning, Lizzie is pretending to be sick. This Italian doctor is like, well, surely she must be sick. Because why else would a girl on her first trip to Rome want to stay in bed. So his official prescription is that she stays in bed and eats two apricots. And Ungermeyer's like, oh, for digestion. And he's like, no, because they are in season and very delicious. 
Mm, that's enough for me. Don't gotta twist my arm. <laughs> Lizzie ends up going to the fountain. She's looking at her map and she's on her way to Paolo when she looks up and sees Paolo at the fountain. He's talking to some kids who throw coins over their shoulder into the fountain and Lizzie and Paolo lock eyes. He says, I had the kids wish for you to come. And I'm like, you, (laughs) manipulative. (laughs) Fuck. How dare you use these children? How dare? How much did you pay them? (laughs) Lizzie's like, I don't have much time. He's like, don't worry about it. And then brings her over to his Vespa. Uh. Oh, my God. So... This movie is what began my lifelong love affair with Vespas. And by love affair, I mean I never learned how to drive, nor have I ever owned one. But I think that they look cool as hell. I always wanted, like, a mint green one. Someday it's going to happen when I retire in the Italian countryside. So they go for this beautiful, just, like, stunning drive throughout Rome. The song Valare plays. I am, like, dying inside because this is all I've ever wanted my whole life. If I don't get to ride on a Vespa with an Italian man at some point in my lifetime, I simply cannot die until it happens. Yeah. I'll get an Italian man to cart you around on a Vespa. You're just, like, attached by your wheelchair in in aging, ailing fashion. Yeah, I'm, like, 90. (laughs) to hire some struggling Italian actor to uh, humor me in the future. (laughs) And I wonder as they're riding through the beautiful streets of Rome, I'm like, did they pay for this movie to increase tourism in Rome? Because there are some shots here that I've like only seen in videos that are like, come to St. Petersburg Beach. Look how pretty it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's stunning. The cinematography is truly beautiful. Meanwhile, back in America, Matt and his little gal pal Melina, who at first I thought was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants as the young woman who gets cancer, but um, she's not. So it's not really relevant at all, but here we are talking about it. Anyways, they're talking about how to keep embarrassing Lizzie while she's abroad. And Melina's like, we need to monetize our efforts and berates Matt for just giving over the video of um, Lizzie ruining her middle school graduation. And Matt is just in awe. He loves powerful women. So back on Paolo's Vespa, Sergey is tailing them, and they see that Ungermeyer in the school bus pull up behind them and start freaking out. So Gordo spots them from, like, the window in the bus, and he tries to distract Ungermeyer so that she doesn't see Lizzie outside of the hotel. And she is, like, super suspicious of him and tells him that he's on her list, which I don't think is a place that you want to be. Not at all. So Lizzie and Paolo manage to sneak away undetected. But the bus is still blocked by this loading car and Ungermeyer gets out really mad and just starts like screaming at them. And I'm like, this is why people hate Americans abroad, like American travelers. You just you can't act like this. You can't. It's so bad. Like people hate us. And I'm like, you should. Uh, We're not classy. (laughs) We're loud as hell. We're annoying. We ask annoying questions. We don't listen. We don't know anything about history. And um, what else? We love guns. Yeah, I know a lot of American travelers will put Canadian flags on their backpacks so that people don't think that they're American, which, fine, you can do that, but just don't be an asshole when you're pretending to be a Canadian, please. That is so funny. Don't give us a bad name. I've never heard of that. That's really smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it like a million times. Anyways, so... Ungermeyer is just going off and Sergey looks at her and she like clocks him and she's like, 
you want a piece of the Ungermeyer and then slaps her own ass as she gets back into Bold. the bus. Bold moves. Ungermeyer does not play around. But there's chemistry. There's something happening. It. I see something blossoming like a little flower. Mm-hmm. Back at the farmer's market, Paolo takes Lizzie around to see the sights and she's like, I have a question for you. Paolo, do you still love Isabella? And he's like, I love her like a sister. Come on, we broke up. <laughs> and he's like, I want to do more serious music, but Isabella refused. So I left the duo, and then, you know, Isabella freaked out, but what was I to do? I must grow as an artist. And he finally spits out that he thinks Lizzie can help him. He says that he and Isabella are supposed to present an award together at the International Music Video Awards. But if Isabella doesn't show up, the record company will sue her. But of course, he'll be fine because he writes all the music so he can go solo. And he literally says, as a quote from the movie... When he's like, I write all the music, he's just like, see, la, 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 it just comes to me so I can go solo. I'm like, see what? I see nothing. You I went, see nothing. La, 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 la. I see fucking nothing. He's like, I'm a rapper on SoundCloud. That's what I hear when he says that. But Literally. But Isabella lip syncs. She's not a real singer like him. So he's like, I can't tell anyone. Otherwise, I'll ruin her career. And what do we say to that, Christina? Lies. Liza Minnelli over here. Fucking liar! Fake. Just fake. Oof. Mm -hmm. He asks Lizzie to present the award with him in Isabella's place. And at first Lizzie's like, oh, I don't know, she's really freaked out. But he completely manipulates her into saying yes and thinking it's her idea. How dare you, you little rat. You little bugger. Mm Mm-hmm. So back at the hotel, Lizzie sneaks over to Gordo's room while Ungermeyer is asleep and like fills him in on all this stuff with Paolo. And she gushes about how amazing and kind he is. And Gordo is like, you have known him for a day, my dude. And Lizzie is like, I feel like I've known him my whole life. And I'm like, girl, you haven't. Like, you haven't, though. That's the incorrect statement. (laughs) And you are also literally saying this to the boy that has been in love with you for his whole life. Oof. Read the room. Read the room, Lizzie. So she then thanks Gordo for helping cover for her. And she kisses him on the cheek. And she's like, you're such a good friend. And goes back to her room. And then Ethan comes Damn. out and he's like, the sting. And Gordo's like, can you throw me down a large flight of stairs? Or perhaps the elevator shaft? <laughs> and Gordo's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, some dudes get the approach. Other dudes get the sting. Paolo is big time approach. Oh my god. So he tries to tell Gordo to embrace the sting, and Gordo is like, I am not jealous of Paolo. I don't like Lizzie as more than a friend. And Ethan is like, uh-huh, sure, dude. Deny, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. He's not ready to um, confront his hormonal feelings, but there's still, mm-hmm. you know, half the movie left. We don't know what could happen. Yeah. Back to America, mm-hmm. Matt and Melina find an Italian article with the picture of Lizzie and Paolo, and they zoom in. And Matt at first doesn't really understand what's going on, but he's like, oh my god, that is Lizzie McGuire's necklace. Like, that's my sister's necklace. And once they figure out that that's her, Melina decides to sell their entire briefcase of embarrassing Lizzie footage to Italian tabloids for cold, hard cash. She's making money moves. You can't deny it. Yeah, she's a teeny tiny itsy bitsy girl boss. So back at the hotel, Lizzie is still pretending to be sick day after day. (laughs) Day after day after day. (laughs) 
So Ungermeyer gives her this thick-ass book about the rise and decline of the Roman Empire so that she can still learn and asks her to write a book report. One, Well, two, actually. One on the rise, one on the decline. And Lizzie's like, sounds good. As soon as Ungermeyer leaves, she's like, got a blast. I have a date with Paolo. <laughs> so she gets on Paolo's Vespa again. Hilary Duff's Why Not plays in the background. An amazing tune. Yeah. They go to the most expensive shopping district in Rome so that they can get clothes for the award show. And the employees at the store like fawn over Isabella and bring her like sparkling water and snacks and like whatever she could possibly want. Yeah. They are ready to do whatever she needs and i'm like is this what stardom is because i want it at the forum ungermeyer is once again giving a history lesson and ethan is like is the time for spaghetti this kid just wants a freaking bowl of pasta can we get the kid a bowl of pasta you know (laughs) and kate is like it's 9 a.m and he's like uh have you never had leftover spaghetti for breakfast And you would think that that sounds stupid, but as someone who has gone to college and then tried to feed themselves for three years, like, out of their parents' home, leftover spaghetti? This sounds like a fucking treat, goddammit. It sounds incredible. I never have leftover spaghetti because I simply eat it all. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough for leftovers. I just eat it all in one go. But leftover spaghetti for breakfast is fire. That sounds awesome to me. And Kate is like, I don't eat carbs. Such a sad, sad 14-year-old life. But Mm -hmm. she also says that this cultural experience is wasted on him. At that moment, Gordo spots... I know. I agree. I think it's a little harsh, but who knows Mm -hmm. what their relationship was like. Maybe there's some animosity there, you know? Mm -hmm. At that time, Gordo spots two girls with a teen magazine that has Lizzie and Paolo on the cover. But Ethan is like, oh, uh, they're checking us out. Like, he doesn't understand what's really happening, so he wants to go in for the slow curve where you like pretend you don't notice girls and they come to you meanwhile gordo's like i truly don't have time to explain anything to you like you are just a piece of grass in my way so he goes over (laughs) and asks them to translate the article in the magazine and they are like we will if you introduce us to your hot friend and he agrees so back at the shopping district The designer, Franca, walks into the room and Paolo starts explaining how their next song is in English. So Isabella will only be speaking English to practice. I'm just like at this point, like we're pretty deep into the movie and I'm like, where the fuck is Isabella? Like, dog, there's someone completely impersonating you, like full on. They're like on tabloids. Like you would think that she would get the news that something fucked up is happening. I guess this is, you know, pre-Twitter, pre-fan accounts, pre-Instagram. News didn't travel as fast. They don't even have cell phones. The amount of problems that could be solved in this movie with cell phones is astronomical. (laughs) So Franca walks up to Isabella and she is horrified by how she looks. She's like, you look like a schoolgirl and says that there's something different about her. So then she orders her minions to fix the eyes, the hair, the brows and the ears. And Lizzie's like, ears? And she's like, jewelry? Cue the montage. Mm, Cover girl, work it girl, give it a whirl. (laughs) Do your thing. On the runway. (laughs) So 
Lizzie is just getting the start treatment right now. She's trying on all these different couture dresses that look like shit. You know, I'll admit it. They look like fucking awful. One looks like some gaudy ass lights. The other looks like a small um, child's blow up egg glue playhouse. But mm. in the end, Lizzie's like, Paolo, none of these outfits are me. And Paolo is like, Isabella doesn't let Franca tell her what to wear. She tells Franca what she wants to wear. And Lizzie really takes that to heart and she's like, look, Franca, I don't want you to trust me. I want choices. So she picks two fabrics that some employees bring over to her. And then she's like, Franco, what do you think? And Franco's like, well, we can layer them. There's like a compromise that happens. Lizzie stands up for herself. So after this, Lizzie is feeling like a hundred bucks, probably like a million, honestly. I was like a hundred with inflation, (laughs) with inflation in this economy. I was like, so what you're saying is she feels like Italy right now during coronavirus. Oh my god. She's feeling like Lizzie feels a like a hundred bucks. And and I just I want you to remember that in Aquamarine, Haley had four hundred bucks. I'm gonna jump out of the window. Okay. You know how they're like, Saturdays are for the boys. I feel like Monday nights are for, like, the girls sitting in their closets just getting heat stroke. (laughs) Mondays are for the girls sitting in the fetal position in their closet. (laughs) I need to go to a hospital. (laughs) I need to get you some um, smelling salts. (sighs) Off the cuff. Okay. All right. So... (laughs) We need to talk about this hairstyle that Lizzie has in this scene. Mm. She has, like, I mean, because she's looking amazing because of this makeover she just had. And the hairstyle with the tiny little braids. Everything. I was obsessed. I was like, I see it. I like it. I want it. Mom, please help me do it. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. So Lizzie (laughs) is feeling like a million bucks and goes to sign some autographs and like takes pictures with fans. Everyone is fawning all over her. And I'm like, this is impersonation. This is probably a felony. I feel like you can't do this. Yeah. Back at the school group, back at the fun field trip time, Kate is complaining that no Roman men have asked her out. I mean, same. (laughs) I mean, same. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. That's that's how it works sometimes. Paolo notices that the school group is at the same place he and Lizzie are, and they're like, oh, frick no. So they rush Lizzie to get out of there before she's seen. Meanwhile, Gordo steps in front of Kate's camcorder to make sure she doesn't get any of the footage of Lizzie and Paolo. Everyone gets on the bus, and Paolo and Sergei rush Lizzie back to the hotel. So back at the hotel, Paolo, sorry, Paolo distracts the concierge with, like, this umbrella. He's like, it won't close, while Lizzie runs upstairs. Ungermeyer, like, runs to the elevator where Sergei is waiting, and he blocks her from pressing any of the buttons, and he's like, it is not safe. Ungermeyer is not impressed. Yeah, she is pissed. Upstairs, Lizzie jumps into her bed, below dries her forehead with a blow dryer. Ungermeyer finally gets upstairs with Kate to check on Lizzie. And Lizzie's just like, Mom, what? I've been in bed all day. (laughs) And Miss Ungermeyer asks Kate to help look after Lizzie and leaves. 
Kate is like, I know you left the hotel, your eyebrows finally match, and you have fresh highlights. I could smell the acetone in the lobby. And I was like, crack the whip, Kate. Damn. So Lizzie then spills to Kate, like, everything that's been going on. And Kate is like, how are you living this fantasy? And I can't even get a boy to buy me spaghetti. Oof. And Lizzie is like, you don't eat spaghetti. And Kate is like, I would eat carbs if an Italian boy bought them for me. And I'm like, I would also True. do that. But I would also just eat them on my own, too. So Kate agrees not to tell Ungermeyer about Lizzie's adventure as long as Lizzie doesn't tell anyone that she's covering for her. And as soon as they get back to America, Lizzie goes back to being a loser and Kate goes back to being popular. I'm like, okay, you have to get over this eventually, yeah. Kate. But anyways... So Gordo comes in, he shows them the magazine that he got from the girls, and at first Lizzie and Kate are super excited and freaking out about her being on the cover of a magazine because, obviously, who wouldn't? Yeah. And then Gordo is like, do you know what this article says? It says that you are going to be singing at the award show. And Lizzie's like, mm, get your facts right. That's not true. <laughs> and he's like, no, I had girls translate it for me. Like, that's what it says. Don't you think it's kind of weird that Paola didn't tell you that? And she starts to defend Paola. Ooh, yeah. Gordo is like, listen, if you want to believe some Italiano kid you've known for two days because he's really rich and has nice hair, be my guest. And I'm like, mm, you're not wrong, but you're also definitely insecure right now. And that night, Paolo does come back to the hotel to pick up Lizzie and Kate covers for her. She doesn't heed Gordo's warning. She really makes a choice. Yep. So back in America, Matt is like, mom, dad, like, I have to show you something I found on the internet. It's like these facts and pie charts <laughs> about Italy to prove that it's dangerous for Lizzie to be there because it says that like 72% of Italian boys prefer to date American girls. And they're like, she's fine. She's in capable hands. Like, what is this really about? Yeah. And he's like... I miss my sister. And I'm like, you little prepubescent freak. You are, you have a nice mom and a kind father and you are just fucking manipulating them. And their mom, being the good person that she is, is like, I miss Lizzie too. And dad's like, I'll uh, go get the passports. Just an impromptu trip to Italy. That must have cost, you know, nothing. In this mm -hmm. economy, you can probably get a flight to Italy for $2. Yeah. <laughs> so... Back in Italy, Lizzie sneaks out of the hotel again by, like, legitimately crawling on the ground. Disgusting. Disgusting. Um, the concierge, Giorgio, almost catches her, but she finally gets out to Paolo's car, which is basically just, like, a glorified go-kart, honestly. Yeah, it's exactly like the car from Sleepover, except no doors and no roof and small metal bars protruding about. <laughs> so... Yeah. Lizzie does confront Paolo about the musical number, and Paolo is like, yes, but get in. I'll explain everything on the way. And Gordo's eyes roll all the way back into his head. Not that he heard any of that, mm. but in his sleep or whatever. And Paolo basically tells her that he told the producers they weren't going to sing at the show and that Isabella's throat was messed up, but when the reporters heard Lizzie and Paolo talking at the gelato shop— they reported Isabella's throat was fine, and now they have to sing. Otherwise, they'll get sued. And I'm like, come on, Lizzie. Sounds like bullshit. Liz, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? We'll get to that yeah, later. That's coming later. We'll get later. to that. 
So Paolo then takes Lizzie around the Italian countryside. They're like running past like gardens and fountains. It's all very beautiful. Gorgeous. Lizzie is like freaking out about having to sing in front of an audience. And she's like, what if Isabella sees me sing, like impersonating her on TV? So Paolo is like, I'll teach you everything. Don't worry. Isabella's on the island. She'll never know. And he vows that he will never let Lizzie feel embarrassed. And if he fails, then he has to spend a week with Miss Ungermeyer. Yeah. I'm like, Lizzie, Isabella is on Little St. James right now. Like, shit is real. Oh, no. Shit is happening. We haven't heard a damn thing from her. I'm like, is no one worried? Mm. <sighs> Anyways... And so she agrees, and then they have more romantic time together. Like, they drive, they go see the fireworks, and Lizzie's like, this is so beautiful. And Paolo, like, looks at her, and he's like, yes, you are. And he holds her hand. Uh, If he wasn't an absolute pile of steaming shit, this would be an amazing adventure. Yeah, there's, like, so much chemistry here. I'm like, how do they not kiss? Like, they're looking into each other's eyes, like... How could you not? The setup is there. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Gordo is turning into an incel at the hotel. (laughs) Thank God, like, Gordo was not on Reddit in 2003 because he could have really turned out a very different way. So the McGuire family are on their way to Rome. They're on the plane. Matt is freaking stoked about this trip. And he opens his briefcase with all of, like, the embarrassing Lizzie footage. And the parents are like, what's that? He's like, oh, nothing. And it's the photo of Lizzie and Paolo. So then Matt has to spill the beans. And he's like, it's a 14-hour plane ride. And they're like, tell us everything. Yeah. At the hotel, Gordo sees Lizzie sneaking out in a rolling food cart. Ungermeyer stops and literally takes apricots off the cart to give to Lizzie, per doctor's orders. But Gordo is like, fuck me, um, and tries to intercept her. So she is immediately suspicious and thinks Lizzie is leaving the hotel and was lying about being sick. And in my head, I'm like, you are absolutely right. Kids are stupid and they aren't sneaky. But Mm -hmm. Gordo is like, I'm the one who's been sneaking out of the hotel. Ugh. Gordo. 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 And Miss Ungermeyer sends him home for breaking the rules. And I'm like, Miss, you doesn't know shit. Ethan has this, like, amazingly heartfelt <laughs> line that comes out of nowhere. And he's just like, love lifts us up where we belong as they walk away and Gordo goes to pack. What? I'm like, Ethan, you're a 14-year-old boy. What is happening? Yeah. I don't know where that line comes from, but it's a lot. Yeah, it happens. I'm like, what school did they go to that I could have, like, been at and had, like, a nice boyfriend? When people tell me they had, like, nice boyfriends in middle school or high school, I'm just like, what do you mean? There were decent men who were, like, nice people? I don't understand that concept at all. (laughs) Just so you know, Christine's looking at me with dead eyes and she's just like, doesn't ring a bell. No. Yep. Who? I don't know her. So Paolo then brings Lizzie to this beautiful theater so that they can rehearse for the performance and learn some choreography. And he tells Lizzie that she doesn't have to worry about singing. She can lip sync, just like Isabella. She really struggles at first. I'm like, you were lip syncing in like the first scene of this movie. You know how to do it. We know you know how to do it. Yeah, in your bedroom. Yeah. But Paolo's like, oh, that wasn't so great. But it really helps if you just actually sing because no one's going to hear you. Your mic is going to be off. And I'm like, 
fallacy in the plan. Should we reveal the plan though? It's a spoiler. I mean, we've already been talking about yeah. how he's lying. Like he's the whole a fucking time. liar. We know. We know he's a liar, right? So I'm like, yeah. if she was actually a good singer, which you learn as she like sings during this rehearsal, and I'm like, wouldn't that foil? Your entire plan? I guess he probably just assumed that she would be, like, too nervous to, like, actually sing on stage. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, she would choke, probably. Mm-hmm. I guess that was his idea. So they practice the song together, and he's like, you're incredible. Brava. And now we dance. And arguably, these moves are absolute garbage, but she does have a fit off. Um, There's a little choreography rehearsal montage. Lizzie really wears a lot of heels in this movie for a 14 year old. Like, I didn't really notice it before until this scene. I was like, why is she always wearing heels? I don't even wear heels and I'm a 24 year old woman. Dude, all of her outfits in this movie are things that I would wear like tomorrow. Like I would totally wear those heels and that skirt tomorrow. It's a gorgeous outfit. So she does kind of dress like a mom, but I am into it. I like it. Lizzie McGuire defined a generation. True facts. So after rehearsal, Lizzie gets back to the hotel and runs into Kate. She's like, oh, let me go grab Gordo. I can tell you guys everything. And Kate's like, you won't find him. He covered for your ungrateful ass Mm. and got himself kicked off the trip. And Lizzie is like, oh, my God. Like, why would he do that? And Kate is like, why do you fucking think, Lizzie? Are you an idiot? He's in love with you. Yeah, dog. I'm like, you didn't have an inkling? Like, not a one? Whatever. Yeah. So she runs downstairs and she's like, Giorgio, you have to call the airport to see if Gordo's flight left yet. And he calls and he's like, the plane has left. Lizzie just cries. She's heartbroken. You fucked up, Lizzie. You played yourself. So at the airport, we see Gordo is in line to board his plane, but he spots Isabella. And immediately runs over to talk to her. He's like, I am not going back to America. Fuck no. So Isabella is freaking out. She's holding the tabloid with Lizzie and Paolo on it. Mm -hmm. And she is like, who is this girl? Trying to get answers from everyone. And Gordo slips past security. And he's like, I have answers. That's my friend Lizzie McGuire. I can explain everything. And she then pulls him into her like security guard circle so that they can talk. Yes. Oh my god, Hilary Duff just really sends it on the Italian accent. Oh my god, it is something it's, else. You would think that they would just hire like a, a voice coach or like someone to train mm-hmm. her like a little it, itsy bitsy bit. Like Disney, you can afford that. Yeah, it sounds even worse than the really bad Italian accents that we've been doing this whole podcast. Yeah, it's, it's way worse. I think that we are like trained actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back at the hotel, Lizzie is just sitting there feeling like a huge pile of shit. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to go turn myself in. And Kate is like, no, then everything that Gordo did will be for nothing. And then you can't help Paolo. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. So then Ungermeyer starts doing her bed checks. She's like, just throwing doors open left and right. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like, what if a student is changing? Like, you, you can't do that. That's not right. But she goes into Ethan's room and he's just like chilling there with his skateboard. And she's like, have you even made a dent in your reading list? And he's like, yeah, I finished it. She's like, you read 11 books? And he's like, no, I read the list. Mm. Ethan Craft, a simple man, a man of simple pleasures. Just a little skateboarding, a little pasta, and he's happy. Yeah. 
Ungermeyer checks on Kate and Lizzie next, and she sees a sleeping blob under the covers. Meanwhile, downstairs, the McGuire family is trying to talk to the concierge about what room Lizzie is in. And for some reason, there's like a language barrier, which is weird because there aren't at other parts in the movie, but go off, whatever. Um, Ungermeyer finds them and brings them to Lizzie's room. Kate is gone, and they see Lizzie is a pile of pillows. So they interrogate Ethan about where Lizzie is, and Ungermeyer grabs his skateboard, like, not throws it. (laughs) She holds it out the window and is like, "Mm, either you tell me what's up or the skateboard goes flying. And Ethan's like, well, it's possible she's at the International Music Video Awards doubling for an Italian pop star named Isabella, who's like totally her twin. I'm like, Ethan, dog, foof. You had to tell it. You had to spill the beans. Things were getting too crazy. Yeah, you cracked real quick. So at the International Music Video Awards, Paolo and Lizzie roll up to that red carpet. They're looking great. She's like, nothing's wrong. I'm pretending to be someone else. (laughs) Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. There is a girl. Oh, God. I I wish you could see. (laughs) There is a girl freaking out on the red carpet. Like, she got a close-up. From her extra mm-hmm. role, which I commend intensely. Yeah. Um, she's like grabbing her hair and screaming, screaming for bloody fucking life. <laughs> the commitment to that moment from this actress is truly commendable. And I really hope that she got her Italian equity card, whatever the system is yeah. over there, because she deserves it. So Lizzie is strolling down the red carpet. Everyone is like freaking out. And in true Lizzie McGuire fashion, she does trip and fall on her ass and eat shit. But she gets up. a girl. Recovers. She's basking in the attention. And I'm like, good for you, Lizzie. So they get backstage and Lizzie kind of starts freaking out about the performance. And Paolo's like, we enter on opposite sides of the stage. Mm-hmm. Cool. See you there. No direction. No instruction. That's it. And he's like, your dress has been delivered. It's in the dressing room. Lizzie is still freaking out, and Paolo's like, it's all good, you know what you're doing, you're going to be great. And then he says, Lizzie, you shine like the light from the sun, and then kisses her on the cheek before going to his dressing room. Oof. It's it's nightmare fuel. It's nightmare fuel. Imagine being in her shoes. I don't want to. (laughs) I always used to think when I was younger, I'm like... How did Miley Cyrus do it at such a young age to just, like, go on tour and, like, get up in front of tens of thousands of people and, like, sing? Because, I mean, even I'm an actor. Like, I want to act. But it does seem quite intense being in front of that many people in, like, a grand scale. It sounds Yeah, like a stadium. That's, like, a number of people that, like, my brain can't, like, comprehend, like, like, grasp, like, that many people because like there are some numbers that are just so big that our brain that just like doesn't understand them and like performing in front of a stadium is like one of those things i think i would faint yeah i would probably just i would do it but i'd probably just like black out yeah and remember nothing yeah and probably not be very good Oof. well gordo shows up to the coliseum and lizzie is so happy to see him gordo's like you have to listen paolo is setting you up isabella is here and they come face to face it's lizzie looking at isabella isabella looking at lizzie and isabella's like or lizzie's like this is freaky and isabella's like way way freaky and i was like sweetie <laughs> hillary hillary wearing 
We're in Italy, not Russia. <laughs> we're, we're freaky. <laughs> we're, we're freaky. <laughs> Christ, I'm having a stroke too. Um, <laughs> Gordo explains that Isabella is the one who wanted to go solo to do her own serious music. And she's the one who sings live, not Paolo. Paolo is a liar. And this is a crazy scheme to sabotage Isabella's career. Lizzie's like, I don't believe you. Christ. <laughs> Christ. And Isabella's like, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? This boy you are knowing for your whole life or this boy you are just meeting who says you shine like the light from the sun. And we're like, oh, he uses that line. That's a line he uses with people. That was a absolutely spot on impression. I just want to like take a moment. Wow, thank you. To commemorate how beautiful that was. Lisi. I'm going to be saying that for like the rest Lisi. of the week. I'm just going to randomly be like, Lisi, who are you going to believe? This boy? So good. This is my new Instagram bio. <laughs> so Lisi is very upset. She looks at Paolo from the wings of the stage and he like smiles at her like the liar he is. Fucking rat bastard. Yeah. And she gets kind of teary eyed. She knows that Gordo would never lie to her and it's actually true. So she turns around and she tells them like, okay, Isabella, like you go on stage then you're here. And she's like, no, he'll know that it's me and he'll make an excuse to leave. But if you want to get back at him and expose his lying ass, then we have to make him really sing. And then suddenly Lizzie is whisked away by this PA and Isabella's like, just do what you rehearsed. I have a plan. But Isabella has no plan. Has no plan. Not a one. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lizzie's parents and Miss Ungermeyer and like Ethan and the entire rest of the school are like trying to get into the venue and they don't have tickets. But Miss Ungermeyer like karate chops <laughs> the guards and like kicks them on their asses. Yeah. And then everyone just rushes in. I'm like, this is a safety hazard. You simply can't do this, but whatever. So then Isabella goes over to like the stage tech guy and she's like, is there a track for me to sing along to? And he's like, no, you're going to sing live like you always do. Uh, yeah. So nightmare. The performance begins. Lizzie goes on stage and they turn off Isabella's mic. Paolo starts lip syncing and Isabella grabs a mic and sings her part off stage. Then they turn Paolo's mic on and his track off so everyone can hear his bum ass voice. Dude, cannot sing. It's bad. Yeah. Isabella then goes on stage and she starts singing and she says, sing to me, Paolo. Fucking iconic. Mm -hmm. Paolo is struggling. The crowd boos his lying ass and he runs off stage like a little baby. His 17-year-old psyche is fucking damaged. Yeah. And then Isabella's like, hello, say hello to my American friend, Lizzie McGuire. And then explains like basically everything that just happened and that Paolo is a fraud. Yeah. As Paolo leaves, Sergei grabs Paolo and is like, Lizzie McGuire is nice girl. You tried to hurt her. <laughs> and he quits. We love a man with principles. Yes. Paolo is confronted by reporters for the lying piece of shit he is. 
back on stage. They turn Lizzie's mic on, so her and Isabella sing together. Lizzie sounds amazing. The duet pops off. I'm like, Hillary and Hillary, it's all we needed. It's all we wanted. And the song, it's just a bop. It is good. It's a good fucking song, mm-hmm. dude, okay? Miss yeah. Ungermeyer and Kate and Ethan and her parents and everyone see Lizzie on stage and they're shook. But they do start jamming, they're dancing, they're having a good time because how could you not? Isabella even leaves the stage so that Lizzie can have her own moment and Lizzie does the song by herself. You're kind of like awestruck at this newfound confidence mm-hmm. that Lizzie has as a worldly woman singing a song for everyone um, to watch. And Italy changes people. That's what this movie taught me. It does. These backup dancers appear, and they rip Lizzie's, like, giant ball gown skirt off to reveal these, like, flared, like, latex pants. Yeah. Um, It is a whole-ass look. Sergei sees Ungermeyer dancing in the crowd, and he waves at her. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. oh it's on, it's on, it's on. Lizzie keeps performing. She's fucking killing it. Every time I watch this, though, I can't help but track when it's Hilary Duff and when it's the body double because it is so painfully obvious <laughs> when they switch back and forth between the yeah. two and they switch so frequently. It's so funny to me. There's a key change in the song. It is show-stopping. Everyone is just simply vibing. The crowd goes wild. Isabella joins her for the curtain call. Gordo is, like, backstage being like, oh, my God, I am about to have an international pop star girlfriend. Yes. Everyone is. It's a redemption is, story. Yeah. People are yeah. like, this is the best thing ever. People are happy. Yeah. People are yeah. having a fucking life-changing night, okay? Christ, mm-hmm. imagine going into your high school, um, your time in high school, your ninth grade year, and you're just like, I performed at the Coliseum in Rome. Bam. Yeah, fucking come at me. What do you have to say now? Nothing. Because I'm cool and you're Mm -hmm. not. And if you're going to put me, (laughs) and if you're going to call me a kid, you better put Broadway in front of it. My way. My My way. way. (laughs) Um, Lots of reporters and paparazzi surround Lizzie at the hotel. Kate is like, Lizzie got everything you're supposed to get when you go to Europe adventure, romance, total confidence. And now, I don't know anything. Ethan's like, that is hot. Girls who think they know everything are a turnoff. And not running out Lizzie was dope. So he grabs some pasta off of a server's plate, which is like absolutely not something you could do at any restaurant, but sure. And Kate stuffs her face with pasta. It's super cute. Eat your carbs. Uh, Yeah, just have fun. Yeah. So Lizzie's parents tell her that she is grounded for the rest of the summer, but they are very proud of her. And I'm like, you know what? You're supporting your daughter, and you're also teaching her not to lie and sneak around, which are good qualities. So good parenting, I would say. Ungermeyer then goes up to Gordo, and she tells him that even though she does think he is a sneaky brown noser with a hidden agenda, he is very loyal, and she admires loyalty. It goes a long way with her. And she's like, just think about it. We got the next four years of high school to look forward to. And Gordo's like, I'm going to throw myself down some stairs. So Ungermeyer then goes up to the buffet to, like, grab the last sandwich. And then Sergei snags it first, and she grabs it back. And he's like, you are strong woman. Protect cubs like lion. I am impressed. And she's like, you're still on my list. And he's like, as long as I am at the top. 
And I'm like, you know what? The chemistry is there. It's present. I can feel it. Yes. There are sparks flying. The fire is ablaze. Mm -hmm. Matt goes up to the concierge and tries to sell embarrassing footage of Lizzie. And he's like, no. Throws his cassette into a fountain. Because in Rome, we do not blackmail our sisters. As a former commander in the Italian Navy, I am ordering you to leave the country. Matt is foiled. He's distraught. So the last scene, Gordo and Lizzie go up in the elevator to sneak up to the roof one last time. Lizzie's saying that nothing will be like this when they get home. And Gordo is like, you didn't have to be in Rome for all this to happen. You had it in you the whole time. And I'm like, the tension. It is palpable. Dog. Lizzie leans over and kisses him. He says, thanks. Gordo. Gordo. No. How could you? you? That's all you have to How say? could you? You've been waiting years. Years. Yeah. Like, nothing else. Also, it's very quick, and I feel like, I don't know if he pulls it's away so first. It's so PG. But I'm just like, Gordo, enjoy this moment. She just leaned over to kiss you. Yeah. Enjoy it. Just chill out. You have a 14-hour flight back home. You know, you're going to have yeah. a girlfriend in high school. Like, what the hell? You're having a good time. All it took was extreme social sacrifice and honestly like (laughs) possible expulsion yeah so they both smile and they go back downstairs to the party the fireworks go off and and it's the end of the movie the credits roll why not by hilary duff plays and you have to sit and you have to watch and listen to that song in the credits because it's a bop i played the credits all the way through so i could just (laughs) dance around my room and sing along to why not yeah oh boy i don't even know how to like begin talking about how much i love this movie i agree i like i think that this recording is definitely like a different energy than our first one but yeah i think the passion still stands yeah i just love the authenticity of this movie i don't care how unrealistic Mm -hmm. you're telling me that like meeting a man in Italy and um, getting mistaken for an international pop star is like I don't care about the likelihood of that. Yeah. But the feelings and the transformation and the journey that Lizzie goes through is mm-hmm. a mirror. It's a parallel to any teenage girl's life. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful like final installment of like the Lizzie story. Yeah. Um, at least at this point before hopefully hulu snatches oh up oh my god reboot. i'm fucking begging i'll do hulu yeah. if you're listening i'll do anything yeah i will sell my soul i'll do it but yeah i think it just it shows how much she's grown and it sends her off like onto the next part of her life with so much confidence and like the ability to be independent and make decisions and also like be vulnerable and fall for someone and just enjoy experiences and I think it's such a powerful story. To be able to get up on stage, to be able to speak in front of an audience and to feel confident in yourself, to stand up to mm-hmm. people and be confident in yourself, impeccable. Yeah. It's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. I would want my daughter to watch this if I had one. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I think this is going to be my first 10 out of 10. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) There's not a single thing I would change about this movie. I think it is a beautiful time capsule of 2003, but also, like, still so great today. I think it has aged incredibly well. The performances are actually, like, great. It's so enjoyable. It's so funny. I think it's very well cast. I don't care how, Mm -hmm. like, A-list all the stars are to this day. Like, I think they just all play their parts incredibly well. 
Yeah, and like the accents are terrible, but I think it adds to it. I think it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's great. It's just what the movie needed. It's like yeah. a little bit funny. It's heartwarming. It's very mm-hmm. honest. I think yeah. that it's a, an amazing display of like young female life. Absolutely. Wow. It took us 11 episodes, but we're finally here. <laughs> yeah. Our first 10 out of 10. I mean, of course, it would be for our girl Hillary. It had to be. How could it not? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the time we, like, talked to Hillary Duff? Yeah, I do. When she looked into my eyes and I uh, crumbled into the ground. I'll never forget it. <sighs> well, thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. I just want to say that... Um, It's a pleasure. It's just a pleasure doing this and a pleasure having you listen. Please like, rate, subscribe. Yep. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we will shout you out in our next episode. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. Follow us on Twitter. It's MGRU underscore pod. Yeah, we just want to connect with you guys. So always feel free to reach out. We always respond to DMs. It's super fun. Yes. We love to have you. We love our listeners. We love... Lizzie McGuire, and we love Hilary Duff. Exactly. Perfect ending. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.